the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Tuesday, folks. Yes, it was really wet this morning. It was wet in the middle of the night, but boy, I went online and I looked, and I will tell you, summer is going to end strong, and here in New York City, it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be a little warm. I walked today from 111 Broadway, the home of San Bellino, uh, up to the courthouse, and uh, I was schwitzing a little bit. It, was, it got pretty warm by, by midday. But um, I will tell you where it was really warm um, on Wall Street today. Warm or cold, depending on how you're freezing or sweating, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, the markets plunge as inflation data undercuts Wall Street's optimism. <laughs> so every month, Marion and I put a little bit of money away, put a little money, a bit of money away. And it's just in a regular like bank account. And um, over the weekend, before this inflation stuff came out, I spoke to someone who I trust uh, immensely regarding money. And I said to him, I said, Chip, this is the situation. And I explained it. I said, am I being an idiot just, you know, having money in a bank account? Should it be in the market? Should it be in bonds? Should it be in treasuries? And he said, well, what's the purpose of that money? And I said, it's so that when I go to bed at night, I put my head on the pillow and say, if I get break my leg tomorrow and I can't run around uh, the courthouses and the, the radio show or, or anywhere else, if um, for whatever reason I you know the, the it starts raining and I need to hit the rainy day fund, that's the rainy day fund. He said, Arthur, <clears throat> keep your money right where it is, and uh, he goes, we're in for some some turbulent times, and boy is he right. Um, I think it, I think the stock market plunged today the most since June of 2020, which was like when we knew the pandemic was real and it wasn't just, you know, going to be a couple of weeks and then we were going to be back on our feet. The index slumped 4.3%. Um, it was, uh, you know, for those guys who work down there, you know, it's it well, guys and gals, excuse me. Uh, it's crazy times. And th- it's all based on this morning. It shows that the inflation rate uh, remains stubbornly high. Prices rose 8.3% through August, which is a rapid pace for consumers. Um, 
And that's what the gas price is coming down. And that's what's confusing the the talking heads, so to speak, on on television is the gas prices went down. So that should give you more money. So inflation, you should be able to have a little bit more money to spend. Inflation shouldn't be going up. And at the very least, it should be flat. But in fact, it did go up. And look, that's obvious. Um Things are just wicked expensive here in uh, on 45th Street in Manhattan. Unfortunately, I no longer live in the world that my dad and my uncle Joe Barada used to live in, where they would leave the office at 1 p.m. and go to a nice restaurant, have lunch for an hour and a half, maybe a little vino and and sit like gentlemen and enjoy life. <clears throat> um, now I go to a deli to one of the little steam tables and I'm mostly eating vegetables. So I'm getting like, uh, today, what was it? It was like the edamame beans and some asparagus and some cucumbers, a little bit of avocado, then some grilled chicken. And you know, it was a healthy portion, $20, $20. That's just, I mean, it's just greens. This is, uh, but obviously their rent is high. Their, their cost of, of product is high. And, um, they're passing it right along. So inflation is obvious. Um, even talking to other lawyers, and I, look, I, everything is relative, but talking about how not only are individual clients not paying, but how difficult it is to get insurance co- insurance companies to pay on certain claims. They want to hold back um, th- their monies because money is tight. Uh, for everyone right now. And, you know, I'm going to tie it in a little bit to crime because um, what I've been hearing lately is, well, crime hasn't gone down significantly under Mayor Adams. And at this point in the Giuliani administration, it had gone down significantly. Now, I don't know about that, whether nine months into the Giuliani administration had had gone down or eight months had gone down significantly. What I do know is that in 1994, when Mayor Giuliani took office, Bill Clinton was the president. It was the tech boom in the stock market. So money, the stock market was flying through the roof. Real estate prices were flying. People were making a lot of money. And nationally, nationally, crime was trending downward. Now, we're in big trouble financially. On several levels, you know, there's this war in Ukraine, which is not exactly a delightful situation. Um, And crime is trending up everywhere. Chicago, Dallas, L.A. So the hurdles are obvious. They're right in front of us in 2022 that I don't think were there in 1994. And people don't want to remember this as well. But David Dinkins, the mayor... Uh, his last months, he was able to secure funding, federal funding for law enforcement um, that when Giuliani came in, I believe it was about 5,000 new police officers uh, he was able to hire. I think they were already hired, actually. And he changed their uniform. He changed their weapons, uh, changed, I believe, the color of the cars. There was an influx of federal money that I don't believe is there now since Mayor Adams just called on all city agencies to um, to, to cut their budgets. So um, I was in talking to somebody today from the de Blasio administration who was there all eight years, well, almost 
six years. I caught a little something at Sesame Place. So did Marianne. So both of us are like sniffling and coughing a little bit. But we're all COVID negative. Um, so I um, I spoke to someone from the de Blasio administration today, and she said, you know, well, how do you think Adams is doing? I said, well, it's a little hard for me to be objective, um, but I think he needs to be just pounding the crime issue over and over. And I know that's not realistic. You can't just run the city on one issue, but that's what people want to hear. So every day I would be doing something on crime. Hi, folks. Today I met with the head of the FBI here in New York City. Hey, folks. Today I met with the the United States Marshal's Office. Hey, folks. Today I met with this district attorney. Uh, Tomorrow I'm meeting with that district attorney. I'm meeting with the federal prosecutors. I just think people, that's what they want to hear. Uh, Some guy was trying to rob someone on the subway today and fell on the third rail and electrocuted himself. Um, You know. It's the quality of life here is what matters. And the, you know, I I told you yesterday I saw a mouse. Last night I was down in Little Italy uh, meeting with a client, uh, a civil client on a civil case. They changed all of the the outdoor dining venues so that they seal down to the ground so no rats and mice can go underneath these venues. It's um, the work for Mayor Adams is, is cut out for him. Um, but I, you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed that he's up for the task, not only him as an individual, but I know the people around him and, um, I think they will rise to the occasion. Speaking of politicians real quick, hot off the press, um, governor Cuomo filed an official misconduct complaint with the bar committee today against Letitia James, the attorney general. It's a former formal ethics complaint. I believe it also uh, lists June Kim who's the former U.S. attorney of um, the Southern District of New York, and Ann Clark. They're the ones who conducted the actual investigation. Uh, Tish James brought them in. And he's basically claiming to the board that govern, governs lawyers that since you suspended Rudy Giuliani for putting out misinformation about the Trump campaign, you should suspend Letitia James and June Kim and Ann Clark for putting out misinformation about me because there were these women who accused me of things. And then when the district and you went out there, excuse me, you went out there and made these big speeches about it and politicized the whole thing. And when the district attorneys and law enforcement actually looked into these things, nothing happened. There was not one arrest made. Um, Now, here's the difference for the governor. The difference between Giuliani and Tish James is that these DAs, a couple of them anyway, said, although we found the complainants credible, we didn't find it rose to a level of uh, to make an arrest. So that would give these lawyers, Tish James and June Kim and Ann Clark, a defense in saying, look, we reported accurately what the district attorney's offices found to be credible. It just didn't rise to a level of criminality. But this is a headache for the attorney general and for June Kim and for Ann Clark. You never want to have to have an ethics complaint filed against you. And it's interesting how the Democrats have tied it on to Rudy Giuliani. We are going to come back with a big announcement, a big surprise. It's going to be every Tuesday. We're going to talk about Times Square. Who needs a heart? 
So let's get serious for a second and talk about our friends at Connors and Sullivan, because there's a real deadline coming up. The legislature changed some laws and you need to act now to make sure your family is protected. Basically, under the new law that comes into place on January 1st, 2023, the government is going to look back and see what you've done with your money over the last 30 months. So basically two and a half years and to see if they're able to claw back any gifts that you've given to family members or anything along that sort where you were hiding money or giving money away so that you were eligible for uh, benefits specifically home care benefits. Financial transfers must be made and benefits applications must be submitted before December 31st to ensure eligibility and protect your assets. So more than ever, the time to plan is now. Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law, are experts in this area and can help you get in under the deadline. But you must start the process as soon as possible before the start of December to complete by the end of the year. So don't hesitate. This is a real deadline. We're not making this up. Look up the law on your own. Home care benefits in the state of New York. So call Connors and Sullivan today. Don't delay. It's 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Keep your body moving with powerful nutrients to support your joints and overall mobility. Invite Health is here to save the day and your body with the best-selling Cartilage HX. Cartilage HX helps to maintain the health of your cartilage and promotes flexibility and mobility. This powerful formulation provides a patented form of type 2 collagen called UC2 that has been shown in clinical studies to promote joint comfort and strong, healthy bones. Just listen to what some Invite Health customers in the tri-state area are saying about Cartilage HX. I had a problem with my left knee and had to take baby steps going up the stairs. I'm almost normal now. Miracle! When I climb the stairs, my knees no longer hurt. Stay active with the help of Cartilage HX. Buy one bottle, get the other free, plus free shipping today. Call 800-673-2345 now to order. Again, that's 800-673-2345. 800-673-2345. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2. New York, New York, New York, New York, New York, it's a wonderful time. <laughs> hey, fellas, what's the big rush? We only got 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah, we never been here before. Ah, what can happen to you one day? What do you think you're going to do? <laughs> New York, New York, a wonderful town. Now, I should know who that is. Is that Gene Kelly? And... You would be correct, sir. It is. is it, but who else is in it? That's not Frank, Frank Sinatra. It is Sinatra. Okay. <clears throat> I thought it was Sinatra. Well, that is a fitting song. Thank you, Mr. Sambolino. So it is Tuesday. And if we're fortunate enough, on Tuesdays, we're going to do a little segment about Times time, times Square, right? <clears throat> I've said it 4,000 times in my life. 
And yes, it is Times Square. Um, thank you to Joan Pelzer, who um, found us Tom Harris, who's been on the show before. He is the president of the Times Square Alliance. Uh, Tom, I would like to welcome you back to the Author Idola Power Hour. How are you, Mr. Harris? I'm doing well. Thank you very much, Arthur. Thanks very much for having me, and special thanks to Joan for connecting us. Well, am I supposed to call you, like, Tom or, ins- or Mr. President or Tom. Inspector? What about Tom, Inspector Tom Harris? Tom is fine. Well, Tom let's, is fine. Let, let's just start at the beginning so people know how great you are and how qualified you are, especially with the topic that is on everyone's mind and tongue these days, which is crime. Tell uh, the folks how you started your career. So I started my career in 1985 as a housing police officer in East New York in Brooklyn. And after what I refer to as the hostile takeover, I became a member of the New York City Police Department. And uh, I retired in 2008 as an inspector. I was the commanding officer of three precincts in Brooklyn. Where did you go to high school? I went to high school in Severian. I'm not as elite as... As you Arthur, you were the you were the elite. Well, listen to me. There was one reason. There was one. There was one primary reason I chose Poly Prep over Zavarian, and it had to do with females. Because until uh, recently, (laughs) Zavarian was an old boys school. Now it's co-ed. But you know, my parents like you want to go to Zavarian. It's all boys. Like no, I have no interest in going to an old boys school. And Poly was (laughs) co-ed, and that's where I wound up. And I still have some of my dearest friends from there. So. You were a you you rose to the level of inspector, which is a significant rank in the NYPD. And um, talk to me a little bit about the Times Square Alliance. How did you know when did that start, and what what is the purpose of it, and how did you get involved in it? Sure. Uh, so it's great, great question. The Times Square Alliance is about to celebrate its thirtieth anniversary. We're actually in our our thirtieth year. It was started in nineteen ninety two with the purpose of making Times Square clean, safe, and fun. Uh, So the first 10 years we spent um, working, or they spent at the time working with city agencies, the police department, uh, to make Times Square clean and safe. Uh, The the members of the New York City Police Department did the the bulk of the work. Uh, The alliance worked with the police department, worked with the private uh, property owners in the neighborhood, the next 10 years, we started to focus on the public space. Times Square was clean and safe, and, and it was fun. Uh, so we, we built the red steps on Duffy Square to sort of create a place. And we, we worked with um, the city, Jeanette Sadakan, to bring the pedestrian plazas uh, to Times Square. And we became a, a, a place management organization in addition to the clean and safe. So that was probably the next... 10 years. So Tom then, Harris, the president of the Times Square Alliance, I want to let, let me just start. You went clean, safe, fun. So let me talk about clean. Yeah. Tell me the role of the Department of Sanitation in Times Square. Do they have a special detail uh, that, that, you know, patrols there more regularly than in other places in the city? What's the role of the Department of Sanitation, New York's strongest uh, at the in Times Square? So we work hand in glove with the Department of Sanitation, but the, the sweeping of the streets, the cleaning of the of the garbage cans and, and the servicing of the garbage cans is done by a hardworking team from the Times Square Alliance. We have about 80 sanitation workers, our clean team that work 22 hours a day uh, to keep Times Square clean. 
we 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 service uh, 300 garbage cans. We remove about 600 bags of garbage a day. But we do work very closely with the Department of Sanitation. So it's almost like a, a pseudo public private situation here with the garbage removal in Times Square. Yes, uh, we supplement city services and the services of our stakeholders. So we have a public safety team in addition to the to the sanitation team that works with the members of the New York City Police Department when there are incidents in Times Square. We stand shoulder to shoulder. Uh, and of course, the police department leads, but we are there to help. Uh, our sanitation, our, our public safety team knows Times Square as well as anyone else and is a resource connector between the police department, the private security, uh, and, and, every, and all of the visitors to Times Square. So when we talk about all of the visitors, I know the numbers must be going up and down, like, like the stock market's been going up and down. But uh, nowadays, if you guys have a handle on it, and listen, I mean, you know where my office is, is right up the block. I love Times Square. I absolutely love it, and I don't care what New Yorkers say. Is It's for tourists. Number one, I love being a tourist in New York. I love, love being a tourist in New York. I wish I was a tourist more often in New York. Um, but what are the, the numbers looking like these days? How many folks are strolling through Times Square the average day, week, or month, however you guys calculate it? So this summer, we averaged 350,000 people a day walking through Times Square. It's a little off of the pre-pandemic numbers when we averaged 365,000 people, but we're pretty close. So we're very happy with the progress that we've made, and, and those people have a clean, safe, and enjoyable experience. They definitely seem to be having a good time. Joan Pelzer is with us. Joan, weren't you down in that neck of the woods just last night? I was. I just went to see Six the Musical. I think I told you earlier, Tom, I went to see Six the Musical for the second time. I'll be going six times eventually. And we, we were so pleasantly surprised walking around Times Square. There are so many tourists. They all have smiles on their face. They're all happy. They don't seem nervous and worried, as you may expect a tourist to be when they're in New York City in the middle you know, of, of New York's Times Square. But I, I found everything to be better than it had been in the past two years. I'm seeing a difference for sure, Tom. How, Tom, how do you guys monitor the police um, presence there? I mean, you must. You're the president. We're talking to Tom Harris. He's the president of the Times Square Alliance. Obviously, you must work, you know, very, very closely with, what is that, Midtown South? What precinct is that? North? Midtown, Midtown North? South and Midtown North. 45th Street is, is the divider. But we also have a Times Square unit. Captain Trubig, Chris Trubig, is the commanding officer of the Times Square unit, and they have police officers that are assigned to Times Square. That is their assignment uh, five days a week. So they, they, they're there seven days a week. The police officers are okay. strictly assigned to Times Square. So we're talking to Tom Harris, who's the president of the Times Square Alliance, but who was uh, 23 years a, in the New York City Police Department, going from patrolman to inspector. Um, so let, let's get to the bottom line, uh, Mr. President, Mr. Inspector. You know, what is the crime situation like right now in Times Square in you know, uh, September of 2022? So what I, what I tell people to do is everything, perception is reality. And one crime in Times Square is one crime too many. We've had some, some, some violent crimes, some high-profile crimes. But we have the best police department 
in the world, in New York City, and we need to refund them, get more money back to them, and we need to support them in the thankless job that they're doing. So I always feel safe when I'm walking through Times Square. Are, are, are the numbers up slightly? Yes, but we're comparing it to a time when we had half as many people in Times Square. So it really isn't a fair comparison at this point. So what you're saying is there's a the, the numbers are up slightly, but there's double the amount of people in the in the area. Yes. Yes. Okay. So overall if you were gonna weigh it all out, the per capita whatever has has gone down. Um <clears throat> let's just talk a little bit about congestion and traffic and you know, I, I know that between Bloomberg and I think the, you know, Bloomberg had all these pedestrian areas and de Blasio had all these biking areas. What is uh, what is automobile traffic like going through uh, you know, the cross ro- crossroads of the world? Well, we, we do have we, we, we do have traffic a lot of uh, in, in Times Square, as you could imagine. Um, but the traffic is flowing. The Department of Transportation and the police department does a good job of managing the traffic going through. Times Square, it's never empty. I will tell you that, Arthur. There's no time of the day when Times Square is empty. Well, I will. I had everyone back to work here in the office uh, by September of 2020, but I was here in June and July of 2020. And you're correct. It wasn't empty. But boy, you could count how many people were in Times Square, which was unique uh, because I know I listen. I, I was young once, Tom, and uh, I, you know, I've been in Times Square at 4 or 5 in the morning, and there's always people there. And even during the pandemic, uh, it was never totally empty. We're talking to uh, Tom Harris. He is the president of the Times Square Alliance. And Tom and I have a little bit of an announcement that we're going to talk about a little fun thing that the uh, I, Arthur Idola Power Hour is going to do uh, around Times Square. We're going to take a quick break for a little uh, commercial action. And we're going to come back with Tom Harris, the president of the Times Square Alliance. Don't go away. Hi, Kevin McCullough, the very latest from the world of travel, Linda Perillo, and yours truly, Kevin McCullough, with special guests tonight at 7 as we discuss all things travel on Radio Night Live on AM 970, The Answer. Hey, I got a question for you. You hate bending over to put on your shoes? Wish you should just put them on standing or sitting without ever having to touch them? If so, then I have the shoe for you. Introducing new hands-free Skechers Slip-Ins. With new Skechers Slip-Ins, you just step in and off you go. You don't even need to lace up. So how do Skechers Slip-Ins work? Well, there's a special smooth comfort pillow in the heel that helps your foot slide right into place. So just step in them and go. Find new hands-free Skechers Slip-Ins for the whole family at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. A journey to Israel this November will impact you forever. Join Sebastian Gorka, Dinesh D'Souza, and our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, for 10 life-changing days. Register today at StandWithIsraelTour.com.
There's still time for business owners to claim their federal aid under the Employee Retention Tax Credit Program. Cash refunds of up to $26,000 per employee are available for employers who continue to pay their employees during the COVID epidemic. Many businesses qualify and simply do not know it. All business types and industries may qualify. You can claim the credit even if you received a PPP loan. This is a cash payment and not a loan and can be claimed now. The licensed CPAs and tax professionals at Ferguson Timar and Associates have been serving business owners across the country for over 15 years. The best part is that until you receive your cash payment, you don't pay us a dime. Our tax credit specialists are available now at 833-ERC-FILE, and your tax payment estimate is quick, easy, and free. That's 833-ERC-FILE to qualify you and your business for up to $26,000 per employee of free federal aid. Call us now at 833-ERC-FILE. That's 833-ERC-FILE. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. AM 97, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, we're talking to Tom Harris. He's the president of the Times Square Alliance. He, for 23 years, he was in the NYPD, rising to the level of inspector. Uh, if you heard the intro there, uh, Tom, I am known as the quintessential New Yorker. And I think part of being the quintessential New Yorker is having a love uh, for Times Square. My love for Times Square is so deep that uh, this past Friday night, I took my son to see Dear Evan Hansen, uh, and which, we, which was fantastic. It's closing this week. Um, but it was really five-star event um and when we got in the car uh my car is on 44th and 6th uh i drove and now i have to head down south to brooklyn i drove all the way up north to like 53rd street and cut over to 7th avenue just to drive through times square and have my 16 year old feel that energy even though we just walked through it it's just different when you're driving through and the sunroof is open and, you know, you're looking up at these billboards and these buildings and it's just, it's electric. And I will tell you, Tom, I've, I've been blessed to have been in Tokyo and, and uh, South Africa and, and Cape Town and Johannesburg and Sydney, Australia and, and many places in Europe. There is nothing, nothing. And I look, everyone who knows me a little bit knows my love of, of Italy. But there is nothing like the electricity and the energy of Times Square. But here is the question I have for Tom Harris, the president of the Times Square Alliance. How did Times Square become Times Square? Did some what what made that the crossroads of the world? So it's it's uh, so we're over a hundred years old. Uh, we were named after the New York Times. I think they were a little jealous that Herald Square was named after the Herald. Uh, so, so they, they named Longacre Square, uh, Times Square. And, uh, and it started from, from there. And, and, uh, before I got there, Times Square or when I got here, 
before the pedestrian plazas and before the, this, what I would say is the second transformation of Times Square. Uh, there were a lot of buildings with a lot of signs and two streets that crossed. And then in 2008, they started to take back some of the space for pedestrians because while crime and, and cleanliness was our biggest problem in 1992, in 2002, congestion and the lack of pedestrian space was the problem. Um, so they, they started with, we started with Duffy Square and that raised the bar and then uh, the, the city closed Broadway and it became a place for people to come. And I, I tell people the greatest thing about being in Times Square is people watching on the red steps. And you have to realize that every 45 seconds, Times Square changes. It's about the time it takes for someone to walk from one street to another. And it's a new experience with every group of people that walk through Times Square. Well, you know, when you, when you talk about 1992, when the Times Square Alliance was founded, um, another problem down there was pornography and sex shows and mm-hmm. drugs. And wasn't it a combination of, uh, I, th- it was, I think it was Giuliani and... Uh, Governor Cuomo and the Empire State Development Corporation, where they changed the laws and, and where where uh, you were able to have these sex shows, or I should say where you were not able to have them, and they changed all those theaters, and Disney got involved. Give me a little bit of history of that, Tom Harris, president of the Times Square Alliance. Sure. So in, in the 80s, they started the redevelopment. Through eminent domain, they started taking back a lot of the, the smaller buildings on 42nd Street and redeveloping the towers. And it was a true public-private partnership where developers came in and they they built these, these towers. And the history of Times Square and the general project plan is very deliberately to make it a mixed-use neighborhood with not only entertainment, but with office buildings, there's some residences in it, and it truly is a mixed neighborhood. And that helped us out um, it, or it, it hurt us in the pandemic, and then it started to, to help us out as people started to, to come back. Um, in, in the beginning, everyone left. And then when people started to come back, it was to those entertainment venues when Broadway opened up. And we did a little bit better than some of the areas that were strictly offices. So, so you guys – We had the trans- – yes? Just, no, just to be clear – the Times Square Alliance goes, covers from 40th Street to 53rd Street, from 6th Avenue to 8th Avenue. So there's a lot of Broadway theaters in there. Restaurant Row on 46th between 8th and 9th is in there. And um, the main purpose, I guess, is you guys to interface with the city agencies, the NYPD, the, the Department of Sanitation, the Department of Transportation, to make uh, Times Square the most welcoming tourist attraction uh, that we that can be imagined on the planet Earth, correct? That's it. Clean, safe, improve, promote. That is that is why we are here. And we mentioned I mentioned the rest, restaurant row. How are the restaurants doing post pandemic in the Times Square area? The restaurants are doing well. We have in Times Square three hundred three restaurants. Ninety three percent of them are open. Um, what we do see is some of the hours have shrunk. Uh, that's uh, I don't think a lot of them are doing as many lunch offerings as they did pre-pandemic. But if you go to any restaurant in the evening, uh, it's a lively crowd, and uh, there's there's they really have come back strong. 
there's some of everything. There's Virgil's Barbecue, and there's the Habana Cuban Place, and there's Bubba Gump Shrimp, and it's uh, uh, Luca and I went to the Palladium to go see a Dire Straits uh, show down there, and it was it was really wonderful. So, Tom, let's talk about what you and I are going to do together to uh, promote uh, the Times Square area a little bit to our listeners. I believe on October the 13th, which is a Thursday evening, you have figured out a way for me to broadcast the Arthur Idala Power Hour on AM 970 live from Times Square. Is that correct? Uh, let's hope. We, nothing like putting a little pressure on me. So Joan and I are going to figure out the logistics on this Friday, but we will have what you need in order to broadcast live from Times Square. And it'll be an opportunity uh, to just um, have, 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 have some of the restaurant tours talk to us about their restaurants, about what's going on, about their, their promotions, and why you should make Times Square a dining destination. Wonderful. Well, Tom, I want to thank you. We've, we've had uh, Tom Harris, the president of the Times Square Alliance, on with us. There is 109 days till New Year's Eve. Uh, you know, I, this, I can't believe we're even talking about that, but I, I have little kids, Tom. So I actually asked Siri yesterday, how many days until Christmas? And it was 104. So there you go. I, Cause I, you know, I got to start figuring that part out. Um, I guess that's the biggest night of the year for, I, I don't guess, I know that's the biggest night of the year for Times Square. Obviously you've already been preparing. We prepare for, we're starting to prepare for next New Year's Eve. Uh, it's something that we always do. Very excited. Yes, 109 days. We work with our partners at one Times Square to produce the event. We were lucky enough to be able to do it in a limited capacity during the pandemic. Uh, this year, there's every expectation that we will be welcoming everyone back to Times Square when we drop the ball. Well, God willing, Tom Harris, president of the Times Square Alliance, next time you and I speak, uh, it will be in Times Square, maybe around a month from now on the air. We can have a little bit of fun and we could educate people while we entertain them here on AM 970, The Answer. Tom Harris, I want to thank you so much for your time and all your hard work for uh, a very, very long time of uh, of doing this. I mean, I believe you have a staff of more than 120 employees to keep uh, Times Square, which is such a huge part of our planet uh, and, and the United States of America, let alone New York, uh, to make it the best that it can be. So thanks for finding the time. And uh, I got you back 100 percent. I'm going to keep checking in. I'm going to do a segment every Tuesday, uh, calling it Times Square Tuesday, uh, just to give a little update about what's going on on uh, for, for, on your, your big Times Square Alliance uh, footprint here in Midtown Manhattan. Thank you very much for having me, Arthur, and I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, John. All right. Thank you so much, folks. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about uh, a little bit about politics, a little bit about money, a little bit about automobiles. So don't go away. We'll be right back.
Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-2788. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service, preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. The following is a paid political announcement. Hi, this is Frank Pallotta, Republican candidate for United States Congress here in New Jersey's 5th District. I'm not just running to return my district to Republican hands. I'm running to represent all of the people in my district, including seniors, veterans, small businesses, and everyone who longs for real bipartisan leadership. I've just launched a weekly radio talk show on AM 970, The Answer, called Frankly Speaking. Our show will air at 10 a.m. on Sundays, so please tune in. We'll be discussing the issues that are relevant and critically important to all of us here in the 5th District and across the great state of New Jersey. If you'd like to know more, please visit my website, at frankfornj.com. That's frank, the number four, nj.com, where you can follow our campaign, catch up on all the issues, and if you like what you see, please feel free to donate. If you have any questions, please contact our offices at 201-783-8801. Thank you. This is Frank Pallotta, and I approve this message. The 1619 Project was created with the purpose of canceling our nation's founding in 1776 and replacing it with a claim that America was actually a slaveocracy founded in 1619. That's why you need to read Mary Graybar's book, Debunking the 1619 Project, Exposing the Plan to Divide America, now in paperback. This book gives you an in-depth look at the false and divisive tactics being used to characterize America as a nation of oppression. Get your copy of Debunking the 1619 Project by Mary Graybar, now in paperback wherever books are sold. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Imagine me and you, I do. I think about your day and night. It's only right to think about the girl you love and hold her tight. So happy together. If I should call you up, invest a dime, and you say you belong to me and ease my mind. Imagine how the world would be so very fine. So happy together. What's that? 
Let's lose happy together. You always have a method to your madness with these tunes. So, I mean, <laughs> what are we doing? Well, here? I'm I'm happy to hear that Times Square is possibly on the mend and doing so great. But I'm playing this song particularly because it would be the late Mel Torme's birthday today. Ah, and how old would he have been if he was still with us? He would have been a 97. There you go. I believe it was the Velvet Fog. The Velvet his, Fog, uh, correct. Was his nickname, and he did all that. Uh, he was a uh, he was a true entertainer. Um, so a very prestigious lawyer died uh, today. Ken Starr. He um, was a very very high profile lawyer. He was a judge. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit from the Washington from the Wall Street Journal. Ken Starr, the high-profile lawyer whose investigation led to President Bill Clinton's impeachment and who later saw his own reputation tarnished tarnished when he was ousted as president of Baylor University for his handling of a sex assault scandal there. He was 76 years old. Mr. Ken Starr died Tuesday in Houston of complications from surgery, according to a statement released by his family. Mr. Starr, who clerked for Chief Justice Warren Burger in the 1970s, was an early star of the conservative legal vanguard that came to Washington with Republican President Ronald Reagan. He served as a top Justice Department official before Mr. Reagan appointed him to the United States Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia in 1983. That is typically that court, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia Circuit. That's where Justice Scalia was. That's where uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was. I believe it's where um, John Rob, the Chief Justice, was. I'm going to continue to read about Ken Starr. Still in his 30s. <clears throat> wow, that's very young to be a federal judge in in the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia. Still in his 30s, then Judge Starr seemed a likely prospect for elevation to the Supreme Court, particularly after President George H.W. Bush in 1989 named him Solicitor General. So what that means is he comes off the bench as a judge and he um, he then becomes an advocate. So when the uh, there's an argument in front of the Supreme Court of the United States, the Solicitor General is the one who represents the government. So it's a huge, huge uh, assignment. I mean, it's for a lawyer, it's, I don't know, top three, top four. In that role, he represented the federal government in most of the 36 cases he argued before the Supreme Court in his long legal career. But Mr. Bush passed over Mr. Starr in favor of David Souter for a 1990 high court vacancy. Now, a little background on that was, I believe, if memory serves me correct, because I didn't do the research on this because this kind of just popped up, President Bush had already nominated two people who had already failed um, getting through the process, or they had to withdraw. One of them, I don't know, one had to do with marijuana, I think, and one had to do with not paying Social Security. Um, The Social Security may have been under the Clinton administration, Judge Kimber Wood. Um, but there was, I believe it was Judge Ginsburg. Maybe they were both on the Clinton. I don't know. I just know that Bush wanted a smooth um, confirmation. And David Souter had the academic qualifications, but he had never really written anything very controversial. He didn't have a huge resume for the senators to pick on, whereas Mr. Starr totally did uh, as a lawyer, then as a judge, then as a solicitor general. Um, so he picked David Souter instead of Ken Starr. Ken Starr would have been a very 
uh, conservative, reliable Republican conservative type of judge. David Souter turned out not to be that type of judge. He was more of a down-the-middle type of judge who served for... I don't not a very long period of time, and then he's still on. Uh, he still is in his house in <clears throat> New Hampshire, and sometimes he does sit not on the Supreme Court of the United States, but on some of the circuit courts. So David Souter is still floating around, but no one's ever going to really remember David Souter for any outstanding legal decisions. Um, Mr. Starr probably would have <clears throat> been the wiser choice. That's just Arthur Idala's opinion. Instead, Mr. Starr, instead of being appointed to the Court of Appeals, I'm sorry, the Supreme Court, would see two protégés ascend to the Supreme Court. John Roberts, once Deputy Solicitor General in 2005, and in 2018, that's 2005 is when Roberts was appointed, and 2018, Brett Kavanaugh, who assisted Mr. Starr in the Whitewater investigation, the assignment that would define his career and alter the course of American politics. So... Rest in peace, Ken Starr. Uh, those of us who were old enough to remember um, the Whitewater investigation and, and the the impeachment of, of Clinton and uh, Ken Starr's name was everywhere, every day, um, probably more so than, than any other. We talk to Lauren Fix every Monday. And today, right before I came on the air, and, and you know, we're always talking about the... Um, the electric car models and, and and how we're really in the middle of a revolution and a type of industrial revolution where as of right this moment, we're on a trajectory to change from vehicles that are powered by one source to vehicles that are powered by a, another source. Um, so I'm going to give you one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, I think it's nine or 10 <clears throat> car and driver just came out with its list just like a couple of hours ago, of the best luxury um, electric cars. These are all very expensive. When you get all the bells and whistles, they're all almost $100,000, um, which is a tremendous amount of money. Oof. Yeah. Tell me about it. The Tesla Model X, they give it a 6.5 out of 10. The Mercedes-Benz EQB, they give it a 7 out of 10. The Jaguar I-Pace, they give it 7.5 out of 10. The Volvo C40, they give it 7.5 out of 10. The Tesla Y, they give it 8 out of 10. The Audi e-tron, they give it 8 out of 10. There's this car, this vehicle I've never heard of. RIV, I think it's IEN, R1S. I know the starting price on that is $95,000. They give that an 8.5 out of 10. And the car, the luxury Electric SUV that gets the highest score from car and driver is the BMW iX. <clears throat> they give it nine out of ten. Um, but again, I mean, these are vehicles for the super wealthy. Um, you know, I'm not driving a hundred thousand dollar plus uh, electric SUV. I'm not an SUV guy to begin with. We could talk about that. If you need that kind of space, if you need that kind of utility, get a, get a minivan. I know that sounds crazy, but get a minivan. They're much more user-friendly than an SUV. There's more space. There's more room. There's more. Uh, it's easier access. The back, the sides. Who's going off-roading? I love this. I would like to see a statistic of the 100% of people who own these sport utility vehicles, and they're all-wheel drive, and they have, they have this height off the ground, and they can cover 
you know, they sound like they're Superman vehicles. Nobody's leaving the asphalt. No one's leaving the asphalt. Um, I mean, yes, my neighbor Peter, yes, he has he has the Jeep Rubicon with all the bells and whistles, and he goes upstate New York, and he goes off into the forest. But otherwise, most people are on the asphalt, and I don't think most people need an SUV. If you want to be a little higher up, there are other options than that. Um, speaking about options, how about this? The New York Times tells its employees, we want you back. I think it's only three days a week, right? And 1,300 of them say, no, nope, we're going to sign something and say, no, we're not coming back. We're, we're working from home. Um, I'm going to guess that there are 1,300 very bright, uh, talented writers out there who would leap at an opportunity to work for the New York Times, who would come to work five days, a week, even six days a week. Um, you know, it's in my industry as well, but it's in, very, it's in many industries. Uh, one of my people want to work from home. People want to work from home. Uh, I was speaking to a medical doctor who's in the administration of a hospital, and the first interview, which is supposed to be in person, the candidate says, well, I would prefer to do it virtually. I mean, you, this is a very prestigious hospital. It's a very prestigious doctor. It's for a very prestigious position. The way I grew up, not only would you be there, you'd be there like a day early, and you'd be waiting outside preparing. Um, but I don't know. It's I don't know if it's a generational thing, if it's an environmental thing. But the New York Times has thirteen hundred people that say no, no, we, we're gonna, we're not gonna go back. Um, no, that no, I'm not playing that. Uh, but I'm here. We're all here. Imran's got his big thing tonight. We're going to the South Asian Bar Association shindig at the Gotham Hotel. Um, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a great night. I'm looking forward to Imran being the master of ceremonies. I had a lot of clients in here today. I was in court this morning. I saw the AM 970 folks today. Um, we're busy. It's Tuesday. It's September. It's back to school month. Uh, but the weather's so beautiful. I'm already, like, plotting this weekend to maybe have some fun on Saturday and Sunday. Happy Tuesday, folks. And um, tomorrow we're going to have Rosanna Scato's show back. And then I think we're going to have Geraldo at the end of the week. So stay tuned to the Author Idola Power Hour every day at 6 o'clock. Be well, folks. The preceding program sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 